tweet at TodaySOR. Now, in breaking news, the Finance Minister, Pascal Dunahoo, has published the final report of the Anglo-Irish Bank Assessor. And in the final conclusion, it says no compensation is payable to former shareholders of any class or to former rights holders. Uh, more about that, no doubt, later on in the day. Uh, I, Sean, I wear a homemade face mask and a visor to work, which is supplied by the supermarket company I work for. I am tired of being ridiculed by customers and staff. I have a health condition and wear protection, not just for my health, but that of those around me. I hope that it will become the norm so that all can feel safe. Well, what I would say to that listener is whatever is being said by way of ridicule is mere dust under the chariot wheels, uh, to borrow a phrase by my former editor, Tim Pat Coogan, in the Irish press. I mean, it's ridiculous that they would uh, be slagging you off about that. They should be thanking you uh, for your service and for, for cooperation as, a, as somebody in the store or indeed as a fellow worker. So you just keep it going for as long as you possibly can and don't mind those folks. Now, in private hospital hospitals around the country, non-COVID hospital beds lie empty and not all consultants have signed the HSE contract. I'm joined by one consultant who has not put pen to paper. Professor Frank Sullivan is the director of the Prostate Institute at NUI Galway and a consultant in the Galway Clinic. Uh, Professor Sullivan, thank you indeed uh, for joining us. Just tell me, why have you not signed that contract which has been uh, offered to you? Well, uh, this contract um, uh, offer has, has for me turned into something of the proverbial deal for, with the devil here, Sean, because unfortunately, um, I, I've been a, a senior cancer doctor since 1991, uh, spent about 18 years in the US and another 15 years back here in, in Ireland in both public and private settings. So for the first time in my entire career, I now have a waiting list. Um, I never had a waiting list for cancer patients. Even when I served as Chief of Radiation Oncology at GUH in the public hospital, we managed to provide radiation oncology services with no waiting list. Um, when I moved to the Galway Clinic, again, no waiting list. But since this deal, I now have, I'm just looking at my list, 56 patients on a waiting list that I can't see unless I sign a deal with uh, um, with the, uh, the hospital to become um, a, a full-time public physician. Um, and the problem there is um, to, to, to sign that deal means I can, yes, get access to treat those patients, but as it's currently structured, I have to abandon the 3,500 patients that I've been looking after here for the last 15 years. So the, the deal is very, very restricting. Um, and unfortunately, I'm, I, I'm coming under increasing pressure to sign it, and I feel I may have to sign it by the end of the day or tomorrow because uh, after Sunday, um, there will be no more... Uh, coverage for me to do my work pro bono. Since this deal was signed uh, on the 31st of March, I've been, and many of my colleagues have been offering services pro bono uh, in the hospitals, which we're happy to do, um, but we have to be covered by the state claims agency so that we can safely uh, touch those patients in the hospital, and that permission will be withdrawn on Sunday. So if no. I don't sign the deal on Sunday, I can't look after these 60 patients uh, who are waiting for ca cancer treatment, uh, radiation treatments, uh, waiting for biopsies, etc. Are these so I'm very, um, very concerned for the patients? Are these private patients with private health insurance, or is it a mix of public and private patients? You're talking no, they, about? they they turn they're they're all private patients because up until now, for the last number of years, I've been working. I happen to be working in this hospital, um, but uh, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's a, for me irrelevant. I don't regard myself as public or private as a physician, and patients don't regard themselves as public or private as. Patients. 
patients. They're simply patients. And in this case, they're patients with cancer uh, or patients at risk of developing cancer, and they need treatment. And uh, the only way I can access my own patients, I've been effectively locked out from uh, looking after them since this deal, is to sign uh, a very restrictive contract which would demand I abandon the rest of my patients uh, and indeed perhaps let go my secretary. So I, I find this very, very difficult. From an ethical perspective, we have a duty of care to our patients. And these patients have cancer. And I'm concerned that uh, you know, at a time when we should be focused on getting back to doing the non-COVID work, we seem to be fiddling around w- w- with, the, with the healthcare system. Uh, I was just looking today, there, there's an article in The Guardian uh, quoting data from University College London, um, which says that uh, there's an estimate now that um, there'll be an increase in the cancer death rates in the UK by up to 20%. But Frank, now we have nearly 9,000 deaths, cancer deaths in Ireland. So uh, uh, if that plays out in Ireland, uh, due to lack of getting back to work here, uh, then we could see another uh, 1,800 to 2,000 deaths in the next 12 months from cancers in Ireland. We could effectively give back all the gains we've made yeah, but with it, the National it, Cancer Control Programme. Uh, it just makes no sense to me that but we you're, have you're, you're in a situation where uh, if you don't sign the contract, nobody will benefit from your skills or knowledge or expertise. Um, and the, the, the people who you had appointments for who've, had to, uh, who've lost those opportunities to be treated for their urgent care, obviously, well, they're going to be in a worse position, surely, are they not? Absolutely. I, I, I feel like I've little or no choice if I want to look after. I have a duty of care to my patients first and foremost, and that's overriding. Um, so if I want to look after my patients that need a biopsy for their prostate cancer or to rule out prostate cancer or that need uh, radiation treatments or that need brachytherapy, a type of radiation where we implant radioactive seeds into the prostate. If I want to do any of those things, I have to sign this contract. But in the process, I lose uh, access to my longstanding patients who I've had for 15 years. I had a call from, I'm getting calls on a daily basis from patients uh, of mine who are saying, what is to happen to us? I mean, They've been looked after for 15 years or sometimes longer in in a particular aspect of the hospital system. What's going to happen to them, they're they're asking. And I don't know what to say to them. In a situation where the demand for both the public spaces and indeed the private hospitals uh, there has been so far less than was provided for, do you think there might be some way of, of finessing the, the, the relationship or the contract or is there, is there a hard and fast rule being taken? We were talking to Liam Woods, by the way, of the HSE tomorrow about this. Uh, I mean, what we're hoping to, I should say, um, is there a way that you could see that uh, a, a compromise could be achieved? Uh, look, absolutely, Sean. There's a number of ways, um, you know, the, the issue of capacity both COVID and non-COVID could be addressed. Um, I mean, we were all set to volunteer our services, uh, you know, to support our colleagues in the COVID hospitals. In the, and by the way, they've done a fantastic job and they're to be greatly credited uh, for the care they've taken of the COVID patients. But effectively, with this deal, everything is shut down um, that's not relate, directly related to COVID. There is some cancer treatments ongoing. Uh, people who, are on, who need urgent surgery or people who need urgent chemotherapy or their ongoing chemo or radiotherapy, they're still managing to get some services. But I'm worried about the 
uh, if we had a surge of the COVID patients, I'm worried about the veritable tsunami of non-COVID chronic medical conditions that are sitting out there. And effectively, there's very little. I'm, I'm talking about the biopsies. I'm talking about the endoscopes, the bronchoscopes, the, uh, the, the, the tests that we need to do that are, uh, allow us to diagnose the cancer early. There's no screening going on. We've already seen in Ireland the problems that arise when, when screening uh, uh, services uh, get disrupted. And, we've, uh, and we're certainly going to see now the problems that will arise uh, when diagnostic services um, and early treatment services are interrupted. Effectively, cancer is not stopping. Um, the patients are out there. And without wishing to be alarmist about this, I- I'm worried for them because we've chosen, it seems we've chosen a pandemic to, to conduct a very large experiment in the Irish uh, healthcare system, one that's bedeviled multiple you know, governments and ministers for health over decades. We, we, we suddenly choose uh, the middle of a pandemic to try and uh, tinker around with, with the system. I, I just don't understand it. And to answer your question finally, yes, I think there are many other ways we could ensure uh, adequate capacity, public and private, to allow us to get on with this important work. They seem to have chosen, uh, someone seems to have chosen, a highly restrictive um, uh, path, which, if we follow it, means we are being asked to abandon patients. And, and okay. you know, personally, we can't do that. I, and that's, that's the problem, that in a nutshell. It's about the patients. Okay, Professor Frank Sullivan, Chief Radiation of uh, uh, Oncology um, at Galway Clinic and also Director of the Prostate Cancer Institute at NUI Galway. And uh, thank you indeed for that. We'll raise those questions, as I say, if we do get a chance to talk to Liam Woods or somebody else from the HSE tomorrow. We'll take a break.